there are really three main areas of focus and control that you can make a difference. And I think sometimes we forget that. If somebody had to walk away from this podcast today and the only thing they could remember are three words, what would those words be? Welcome to the Business and Pleasure of Flowers. We're your hosts, Fonda Lefevre. And Lori Wilson. And we believe that business and fun are a perfect combination. Kind of like us, Vonda. <laughs> hey, Lori, how are you this Friday morning? I'm cold. And you? <laughs> oh, I'm it's warm. cold here in Houston today. <laughs> I don't usually hear you say it's cold in Houston. I will have to say. I know. I know. I'm not happy about it. You know, I was on, uh, I went on a little trip last week. I took Thursday and Friday off in my husband and I met some um, friends that we've been friends with over 30 years and went skiing, which, you know, is one of my favorite things to do. And I was prepared for cold there, right? So even when it was 27 degrees on the slopes, I was sweating. But here, it's like 45 and I'm freezing. So (laughs) it makes no sense, but it's, it's who I am. On a personal note, we are so happy you came back without any broken bones. No broken bones. None of us had broken bones. I will say we had very sore bones, sore old bones, but it was just, (laughs) it was really fun. I love to snow ski. I'm one of those weird people that, but it was good. That's great. And last week we had a roundtable discussion talking about Valentine's Day 2022 being in the books. We did. And, you know, I was really looking forward to this webinar because we hadn't really done one in this format before with Flower Click. Um, but it was really cool because I asked some of our clickers, some of our members to be on that roundtable. And then you asked some people. Yes, we had uh, two managers from Bill Doran branches, one Mike Bentley from up in Albany, New York, and Scott Jewett from San Antonio. And then mm-hmm. also Amy Desperado, who is is the marketing director and communications person for Natural Flowers. So she kind of represented the farm. So it was it was great because we had, you know, the farm to the wholesaler to the retailer and that whole connection, which was was a great discussion, right. wasn't it? It really was. And I can always tell by whether it was a well-received webinar or not, by the amount in the chat boxes. (laughs) Like there's one or two chats in there and they're like, I can't hear you or I got to go. Will this be recorded? I know. Oh, this isn't very engaging. But (laughs) man, did you see all of the chatter? I did. Oh my gosh. It was just great. I mean, a lot of back and forth and questions and you were answering and yeah, it was really good. Good stuff. The other thing I was noticing post Valentine's day was the amount of chatter or so, so to speak on uh, social media. It was really talking about how, Oh, people had so much more business, but they didn't have as much profit. And somebody was saying, oh, my gosh, I um, had this many more orders and it cost me this much to get those orders. But I think I paid more than that in my flowers. And I'm just 
you know me, Lori, that just like hurts me. I'm like, oh, people, people, you've got to do something, you know? Right. Well, we were even hearing that in the chatter of the the roundtable because that webinar was industry wide, right? It wasn't just for our Flower Click members. So we had all different kinds of people. And the one thing I was noticing over and over were people saying that, like I had more orders, I had, you know, double the amount of deliveries, but the cost of containers... Mm-hmm. I I'll be lucky if I broke even. Yep. Yeah. That, that was the, um, that was the consensus is like with the higher price flowers and then people weren't increasing their prices. And that was the biggest problem. You know, here you had, like you said, you had people on one side of the industry mm-hmm. who were saying, this is what's happening. And then our flower clickers are like, Hey, we sold our roses for $159 a dozen and nobody blinked an eye. And right. And then there were people in there that were saying, oh, well, I kept mine at 99 because I wasn't confident enough. And mm-hmm. they're the ones that didn't have, you know, the greatest Valentine's Day. They worked themselves to death. Yeah. Yeah. And and that was it. You know, some people were like, oh, well, those grocery stores down the road, so I can't increase my prices because their prices are so much different. Well, you know, we all know there's a difference in the quality of the flowers and the quality right. of the service that you're providing. And, and so you really do have to make those adjustments. You know, do you really want to work harder? Even if you have a grocery store, Vonda, that is a relatively nice uh, floral section. I mean, because let's be honest, some, some of them do, most don't, but some of them do. Yeah. Again, it's just like having a competitor. You still got to, you can't price yourself out of business. Exactly. Exactly. And what was happening is people were working so much harder for less money. And one of the things I saw in, in the social chat was, oh, you just expect that for a holiday. You should just expect Mm -hmm. to work harder and have less profit because you're doing more work. And that's just the way it is on Valentine's Day. And actually, I loved it because one of our clickers wrote right in there. And that was actually Ralph. Shout out to Ralph. He's Mm -hmm. like, no, Mm -hmm. that's not the way it has to be. And I was like, go You know, it doesn't have to be that way. Just thought this would be a good opportunity for us to cover what are the areas of operation you need to concentrate on to run a successful business. There are really three main areas of focus and control that you can make a difference. And I think sometimes we forget that. Totally agree. Totally agree. And so what are those three If somebody had to walk away from this podcast today and the only thing they could remember are three words, what would those words be? Those three would be labor, facilities, and COGS or cost of goods sold. So those are the three areas that you need to concentrate on to make sure that you have a successful business. And Lori, I'm going to start with the easy one, okay? Because I do want to break them down a little so people have a basic understanding of what it is that they need to focus on. All right, I'm ready. Okay. First one, facilities. So people go, what are facilities? Okay. That's your rent or mortgage, depreciation, taxes, insurance, building and maintenance or repairs, and your utilities, right? So those are what we need to look at for facilities. And it should be 
less than 10% of your gross sales. So when you're looking at all your gross sales, okay, 10%, all of those have to be within that guideline. Okay. All right. That makes sense. Okay. So let's move on to one that's a little bit more tricky. And as you know, Lori, this used to be a bigger challenge. This is, we're talking about labor, right? Mm -hmm. Right. We used to hear it's a little challenging to control the labor costs, but now we hear, oh my gosh, I can't find enough help. Right. Exactly. So typically labor costs in a business range anywhere from 20 to 35%. And I'm talking about overall businesses. And then if we look at this service business, sometimes your labor costs can go up to 50% or more. So it depends on what business you are. But a manufacturer, which actually a floral shop is considered a small manufacturing company, you need to keep the figure under 30%. So Mm-hmm. We know that's a challenge and it can be a balancing act. As a retail florist, our target is 30% overall of gross sales. Now, mm. I want to throw this out there because the average flower shop in the United States is around $500,000 annually or less. In okay. That, okay. In that case, the labor for your employees should be 20% which leaves 10% for the owner manager for their salary. Now we could break that down even more. You know, you can break it down into, okay, how much should I have for designers? How much sales staff, driver and office? But you know what? There's individual goals for each of those, but we're not going to go into those details right now. I think we're, right, right. we're going to do a deeper dive in all that. We have a new course coming up that we'll launch sometime, um, probably second quarter. And yeah. Going through all that, right? Right, right. So I have a quick question. I want to interject right here. Um, and if you don't want to answer it, you can just delete this part of the podcast. <laughs> but <laughs> my, my question is, and I'm, I'm bringing this up because I keep seeing it. There is a lot of chatter out there for and against shops that paid overtime during the holidays. And I'm seeing like extremes of both. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen people say, you know, I had a great holiday, blah, blah, blah. However, my labor I know is going to be really high because I had to pay so much in overtime. And then there are other shops saying the opposite. Like I shut it down because I refused to pay overtime. What are your thoughts on that, especially during a holiday? During a holiday, overtime usually doesn't kill you. Because okay. productivity is so high, right? Mm, so yeah. designers can usually produce usually twice as much as they normally do because they're maybe on an assembly line or, you know, your your adrenaline is pumping so fast that you're just like right. knocking them out. And so what happens is your productivity is high. So if you have to pay some overtime, it usually averages out that you're still doing okay on your productivity versus, you know, versus what you're paying. So I totally understand what people are saying. They're like, I refuse to do it. The other reason I think that often they shut it down is because when people are there longer, they do tend to work slower. So they're thinking, well, after that 10-hour day, maybe instead of an eight-hour day, they're like, done, because people are slowing down and, you know, your productivity Mm -hmm. goes down then too. Good. Good answer. 
Yeah, I don't know if there's a right answer. I think it just depends on the person and the way they want to deal. Well, one of the shops, um, he's he's a clicker. He even said, you know, in forecasting for Valentine's Day this year, he did a lot, a certain amount that he knew he would be using in overtime. Mm. Um, and so I think that's that's good, right? You have a range, you know, typically this is what I'm going to do. I, I'm, but here's my, my line. I'm not going to cross this line. If I do, then I got some problems. Smart planning on his side. Yeah. You know, that really right. is. And do those projections and then you know. Um, the only adjustment that you would want to make is like if you see like, oh, we are really knocking it out of the park and we're going to need more help to be able to produce more because mm-hmm. we can get more flowers. And and I'm sure at that point he was willing to be flexible and make adjustments sure. as needed. Right. Yeah, that was a great question. The one that I think affected the holiday more than ever this year is the cost of goods sold. It's like we were talking about earlier, you know, the price of the flowers and the containers is up so much. Oh, for sure. I mean, and not only, you know, is it up, but, you know, with shipping issues and people not getting their flowers in time and then maybe they're not as fresh looking as they wanted them to be. So they had to go buy more. So like all of those factors Oh, yeah. Are part of this, um, why their cogs are so high. Yeah, exactly. So your cost of goods sold goal for fresh flowers is 30 to 33% for those arrangements. Um, Again, there's variables in overall cost of goods sold in operating your business because giftware and plants in most flower shops aren't as high of a markup. And so that makes your adjustment for overall cogs about 36%. So that's why when you're looking at the big picture, you could be up to 36. But if you're taking away just the fresh flowers, you want to be 30 to 33%. That makes sense? Yeah, yeah. I thought it was interesting. Um, We also last week had our monthly clickers shop talk meeting. And I was so excited to hear the majority of them saying, you know, they did raise their prices for a dozen roses um, and people didn't bat an eye. They really didn't bat an eye. One woman in Florida said that she told them it's $115 a dozen. And the guy was like, okay, I'll take two dozen. Wow. That's awesome. Okay, Lori. So when we look At the holiday overall, I think the one that was most affected for cost of goods sold were the fresh flowers. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, probably. I I would say second there was um, containers. Right. Is that what you were hearing a lot about? Yes. I was hearing a lot about containers, probably just, I don't know why, but not because they had to either the containers they ordered didn't come in. So they had to scramble mm-hmm. last minute. And normally when you have to do that, you know, you're going to pay a little more. Um, or we, they had some that came in that were damaged. Right. So they had to figure out. So, you know, it, maybe it just kind of depends because then I've heard from people that, ah, their flowers, their fresh flowers were perfect. And then others that they were. Yeah, it was, the supply chain was a little uncertain. 
Um, and we did mm-hmm. cover a little bit of that in our webinar that we had, you know, but mostly I think that reason that people weren't making money is that when those flowers came in, they weren't adjusting their prices probably enough to cover that profitability margin yeah. that they need to, to stay within. Not only did the prices increase on the flowers, which sometimes were three times as much as the person normally pays if they're getting a standing order, Um, but then there were all kinds of surcharges. You know, the flower shop was getting a fuel surcharge or just a surcharge that were truly passed on from the grower and the wholesaler and the vendor just because of all the increased transportation costs. Yeah. You know what? I want to point something out there because that was in our chat. There was a couple of people wanting the um, managers, wholesale managers in our roundtable to answer that question Mm -hmm. um, because their issue wasn't that the charge was passed on to them. The issue was they were not told it was going to happen. And I think that's a valid point. Agree. It is. So here's why I think that's a valid point. Um, Like I said, you know, I just went on a little mini vacation onto skiing and we rented an Airbnb and everything. The Airbnb we rented, they emailed us, you know, early on and let us know, hey, there's these surcharges, basically COVID surcharge. But they at least gave us a heads up that if we wanted to opt out, we could. Of course, we didn't. The same Mm -hmm. holds true with the restaurants in Colorado where we went to, they actually had a little sign and it was only like a one point something percent. It was very low, but they at least had it there let, before you even sit down. You could look over and see a little sign what, what it is and what it's for. So I get that they had, need to pass that on. I get that. But I do think the flower shop owner receiving that surprise surcharge would be a little frustrating. Yeah, no, I totally get that too, Lori, because if they have already set their prices, you know, on their website and in their store based on their pre-book price or what they know their invoice is going to be, and then you get that extra 20 bucks or percentage, you're like, oh, wait a minute. I thought that I had this covered. Right. It's not now. Right. It's not what you budgeted for. Right. And that's, you're trying to keep your costs down. So um, anyway, I thought, I thought that was an interesting comment in the chat and there are actually two or three of them and they all said the same thing. Like we get it. We just would have appreciated a heads up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think sometimes it was a little surprise to the vendor, whoever that was. Oh, for sure. With our flower clip bundles, we do a lot of FedEx and we knew ahead of time that the FedEx charges were going to be more. So we were able to make some adjustments. So were our FedEx uh, charges more because of the holiday or just because it's time for an increase? Both. (laughs) Okay. Okay. All right. Everyone will tell you that during a holiday, the FedEx charges are elevated. First off, in the middle of December, we had to do a projection of how many boxes of flowers we thought we would have coming to our members. And so that was really tough. It's like, what? You're talking about the first week of February. But but it was because then FedEx would know how many extra trucks they might need, how many extra drivers, that type of thing. Right. 
how do you feel you did in you, you and Audrey forecasting that? Audrey and I did really well. We were excited that we hit it almost. Good. So yeah, it was good. That's impressive because that's hard. That's really hard. It was putting our heads together and a lot of prayer that got us to where we were. Yeah, no, 100%. (laughs) I I get that. There was a question that um, was repeatedly asked in our question part of our webinar, our roundtable, and it was also emailed to me. I probably had at least half a dozen people email me this exact question, and I didn't put it on our Q&A because, honestly, I don't think there's an answer for it. But the question was, is there an end in sight Mm. to the shortages, to the prices, to all of this stuff? I mean, and I think the answer would have been, we don't know. (laughs) Do you know of an answer? No, that would be my answer as well, Lori. I don't think we know. Yeah, I do not think we're going to see prices of flowers come back down to where we had seen them in years gone by. Um, The demand is high, which is great. People are paying um, Mm -hmm. not a premium, but a fair price for what they're getting. And I don't see it going down. Um, I really don't. Yeah, no, I don't either. And and I don't think it's just our industry. I just think you know, a lot of these prices are probably going to be here to stay. And so that's why you have to increase your prices on your website and in your store, in your uh, coolers, because you have to be able to compete with everyone else. And you're not going to if you keep your low priced dozen roses, but you're paying, you know, 25% more for them with your, from your wholesaler. Right. Right. And I think sometimes we worry too much about competing with our competition down the street, right? Or the grocery store. We have to focus on what we need to cover our overhead. And my suggestion is just do what you do better than your competition. Bring it up a notch and then you're not competing Mm -hmm. apples to apples. You have something that's more elevated and more special, and a different look and and your service, all of those things can set you aside from your competition. It should not be price driven. Right. I totally agree. It's again, we've said this a million times. It's a mindset. We have to step out of our comfort zone, right? And look and go, you know what? I'm worth this. My work is worth this. I need to ask for more premium prices because I do quality work and I stand behind my work. Well said, Lori. Well said. And if they need to know how to sell those flowers, they need to take your sales course. Well, it goes back, like you said, to that mindset and to, you know, valuing yourself and your product. Um, Because if you don't, Mm -hmm. nobody else is going to either. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So So I'm going to wrap it up in that back to those three words that you said that we needed to have them remember. And those are the three main areas of focus and control, labor, facilities, and cost of goods sold. And one thing that it's important to know on cost of goods sold, you're comparing what you bought to what you sold, (laughs) what you bought to what you sold. And those are the two numbers that you compare. and, And that's how you know if you're making money or not. Yep. It sounds simple. (laughs) (laughs) 
it does sound simple, but and when you do those comparisons, it is simple, but it's harder to make the adjustments, making sure you're selling it for enough to be able to make the profit. All right, Vonda, here's my question. What's inspiring you right now? You know, Lori, I always know this question is coming and somehow it always catches me off guard. Why is that? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. What is inspiring me? Yeah. What's inspiring me right now is sunrises and sunsets. And that sounds crazy, but I was just sharing some pictures with a friend of mine today of these beautiful sunrises and sunsets that I've experienced in the last couple of weeks. And I'm just like, wow. As you know, rainbows, sunrises and sunsets, they're my thing. They are. They are. They make you very happy. And it makes me happy too. And so Lori, what is inspiring you? Well, mine too is a kind of climate related, if you will, (laughs) weather related. I, again, talking about my ski trip, it never, ever uh, gets old when I take the lift all the way up to the top of a mountain. Let's say it's, I don't know, the last one was almost 13,000 feet high. And as you're going up, you are really second guessing your decision because (gasps) you go above the trees and the wind starts and it's snowing and it's gray and you've never been so cold in your life. But then when you get off and you turn around to go down the mountain, the wind is on your back. And I, I, almost get choked up every time I get to the very top because I'm amazed at the vastness of mountains. Like Mm. they're massive. They're just so wide and tall and majestic. And every time I get up there, I, I forget that I'm freezing to death. I forget that it's like a wind chill of 20 And I'm just in awe of it. And I don't know why, because I don't love cold weather, but I don't know why. But for some reason, it just re-energizes me when I do that. It's it's like, I can't wait to get back up and go again. Even though no one else in my group, they're like, seriously, can we take a break? I'm like, no, (laughs) no. (laughs) But it's it's just one of those weird things. Um, It's just beautiful to me. Absolutely beautiful and amazing. It just makes me so thankful that God created mountains, if anything, just for me. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. We hope you enjoyed spending time with us because we enjoy spending time with you. If you did, make sure you hit that subscribe button or add the business and pleasure of flowers to your Google morning routine or your flash briefing on Alexa. We look forward to seeing you next week. So please come back and join us and discover how a bit of knowledge and one small change in your mindset can take you to new levels in your life and business.